Thanks for joining us today for another message from Pastor Gary Wiggins on Pentecost and how Pentecost is a monumental experience in our spiritual lives where we are filled, strengthened, empowered to be witnesses about Jesus Christ and to work in the mission field that He has placed us in every day. And if God has been using you in your local mission field, whether it's your home, whether it's your school, or even your workplace, please send us an email and tell us what God is doing at info at etag.tv. Or if you've been blessed by this ministry and this message and you would like to support us, you can do so by going to etag.tv and donating there. Now prepare your heart and get ready to open up as God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Gary on Pentecost. Oh uh-huh. 
Can you say amen? It's good to be in the house of God. I knew the way the prayer went last night at 6 o'clock in this room. There was such strong intercession for one solid hour. People just seeking God. I'm telling you, it was at a new level last night. I knew something was going to break out today. Amen? Everyone standing for the reading of the Holy Word of God. Turn to Acts chapter 1. And the Lord bless you for your giving. Please, once again, refer to the Sunday Bulletin. There's so much information. I, I do want to call to your attention the lovely altar flowers in front of the pulpit here. They're in honor of Deborah Davis and Travis and Richard Howe. They're being presented by Derek and Carrie Dees and Trevor Howe. And these folk were loved and esteemed in our midst and we remember them and thank God upon the remembrance of them. Amen. And I wish my wife a happy 37th anniversary on this Tuesday, 37 years of marriage. Amen. Thank you to Emily for leading worship, but Ryan and Jennifer are on vacation this week, so we have their three children. My son Justin and his wife Katie are on vacation, so we have their daughter. So we have four grandchildren and one grand dog <laughs> to get ready this morning, and I left the house before six o'clock. Amen. And when she got one ready, and the time she got to the second one, the first one was undressed again, and messed all over their outfits and all that goes along with babies and little ones. Amen. And then the dog messed up. Amen. Amen. This is going to be a powerful week and God's doing something. Verse 1 of chapter 1 of the book of Acts, the former treatise, have I made O Theopolis of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now watch this. Passover in, in uh, Egypt represented the children of Israel coming out of, the, out of the land of Egypt, being liberated. Forty days later, they're in front of Mount Sinai. That 40 days was an important time, but 40 days later, they're in front of Mount Sinai to get the law. The principles of government and the law was given 40 days later. Passover for Jesus he comes out of the grave victorious, Passover, his death, burial, resurrection. Forty days later, he does what? He ascends. There is something very important about 40 days in the Bible. Forty days after Passover. It is a marked time. You can study it out in the Lord's Feast. One of the least celebrated feasts of the Lord is the feast that we will come up on on 40 days, and yet it's one of the most powerful. Jesus ascended on the 40th day. This week we're coming up on the 40th day of the, we know what happened on the 50th, amen? Pentecost, the feast of Pentecost. I'll, I'll be in tune with spiritual things over the next few days. 
because God's doing something. Amen. And he showed himself alive after his passion with many infallible. That word in the Greek literally means undeniable proofs. You may be seated. In part one of our sermon last week on Mother's Day, we preached about Lydia. Lydia became the first convert on the continent of Europe. She was a, a wealthy woman. She owned her own business. She was a prosperous woman. She became the first member of the Philippian church. Her family became the first converts because she and her house came to Christ and were baptized. So her family became converts to Christianity and they helped with the founding of the church at Philippi to whom was addressed Philippians 4.13 that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How many members of the church love that scripture and you, you claim that scripture? And how many members of the Lord's church claim Philippians uh, 4.19 uh, that declares uh, that with God, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, Lydia and her family became founding members of the church of Philippi and received some powerful blessings. And we looked at that on Mother's Day. But today is part two. And during this 40 days following the resurrection of Jesus, it was a very important time because Christ knew that in a few days, he would be leaving and he would be gone for a lengthy period of time. Now, he did not know, nor does he know, when he is to return. Only the Father, which is in heaven, the scripture says. But he knew it would be a period of time and it's happened to be 2,000 years. And if you were going away for 2,000 years, wouldn't you want to leave some specific instructions and some specific things that uh, people following you would be able to... Uh, hang their hat on and, and fasten to some biblical truths. One of the things he did in those 40 days was give undeniable proofs of his resurrection. That he had come out of the grave. He's establishing this so that for 2,000 years we don't have to question. We are believers in the resurrection. We believe that Jesus came out of the grave victorious over death, hell. Amen? And it says, with many infallible proofs being seen for 40 days, speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Everything that he began to do and teach, he began to reemphasize during those 40 days because it was an important 40 days. And he was laying the groundwork so that when he leaves, the church could go forward and not miss a not miss a beat, not miss a stepping stone, but we would have good foundation stones to carry on the work and ministry of Jesus. Now Jesus said that when he ascended, he said, greater things than these shall you do because I go to my Father. He was laying the groundwork and during these 40 days, he was giving those things pertaining to the kingdom. Kingdom principles, kingdom teaching. I want to remind you on this Sunday morning, that he's still in the healing business. He's still in the miracle working business. He's still in the saving business. Amen. He's still in the delivering business. He delivers from drug addictions. We were privileged to host the district council uh, this week. And the hundreds of pastors and churches that were represented. It was an incredible experience for our church family. And we give all glory to God for what took place. 
uh, the pastors, the ministers felt the presence of God and witnessed the presence of God. Tuesday night was the missions night. And to hear those testimonies of changed lives, people that have been set free, people so bound by all kinds of addictions and all kinds of problems and all kinds of things that the devil had done his greatest work in their lives and yet Jesus came on the scene and what he began to do and teach became a reality in their life and they were set free by the power of God and we heard the testimonies Tuesday night it was one of the most incredible services all three of the services and God bless Evangel Temple for being able to host this but God is still doing miracles through his son Jesus Christ for when he ascended to heaven he continued, according to the book of John, to work with the disciples with signs following, confirming the word. Wherever the word of God is being preached, there will still be signs and wonders taking place. I, I'm going to come down and say amen to myself right there. Wherever the word of God is being preached, there will still be signs and wonders. A preacher in this city this week declared, I'm not going to do anything on Sunday morning that will be offensive in my church. Part of the, part of the culture of seeker sensitivity. I'm not going to preach anything. I'm not going to preach against sin. I'm not going to preach hell. I'm not going to preach any type of repentance. I want people to feel warmth and love and camaraderie when they come into the service. I want to tell you, that is not what Jesus did. What Jesus began to do, he, he taught people that they needed to respond to the love of God. Jesus had a passion for the lost. And he used the platform so many times of miracles to see lives change and people respond to the gospel. I, I have looked at this for so many years and I thought, God, what is it going to take for America to open her eyes and for people who are so steeped in the culture of, of the promotion of self and, and self-fulfillment. And what's it going to take to grip men and to cause men to see the, the gospel and the power of the gospel to change lives? And Jesus used the platform of miracles. He's still opening blinded eyes. He's still healing deaf ears. Amen. He's still raising people up. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to show you a miracle that happened to a pastor's wife that was in a wheelchair for 37 years. She had not walked one step. In fact, when you see her get out of the wheelchair, you can tell that she's not stood in so long. She was unable to really stand, but she eventually walks and leaps and praises God. But God used our evangelist who is coming next Sunday for a mighty miracle in this pastor's wife's life. And God used Nathan Morris and he's still doing miracles. You know, different people have different giftings. And God has used Nathan Morris with signs and wonders and miracles. And you know someone that needs a miracle. You need to get them here next week. Amen. The power of God is all over this sister right now. She normally has no feelings, but she... She can feel her hands on her, her hands on her legs, and she's had no feeling in her legs. Can, Pastor, tell them what's happened. The power of God, something is taking place right now. And, uh, it's, 
Spirit of God is upon Delia. I'm feeling your hands on my legs. I'm feeling your hands on my legs. No, no. I could feel sensation before, but I couldn't feel actual feeling. tell you that for the first 10 years I would rise every day saying would today be the day would today be the day and I'm getting emails all across the nation and beyond with people that have been hoping and they, they've given up hope and I know what that's like because for the first 10 years I would rise in the morning and I would say would today be the day as I would lift my legs off the bed and put them on the floor and then transfer onto my wheelchair, I would say, let's see if I feel today. Now you gotta know, for the longest time when people would tell me, why are you in this chair? Is it that you don't have faith? I would tell them, what makes you think I'm sick? But that night, in the midst of compassion, my heart was softened to the point where I said, Lord, I allow you to do what you need to do in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you are my hope. And in my mind, I just said, It was like all of a sudden I brought hope back in alignment. I can't explain it to you other than I just felt the hands on my legs. Something happened. It was like I had a Charlie horse going down and it was like bing. And then all of a sudden I could feel them, feel strengthened. And I didn't want to stop. And her husband, Levy Knox. Give Sister Delia a mighty shout. Praise. I'm telling you, he's still doing miracles today. He changes not. He changes not. Says he was a man approved. He showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. 
It says, being assembled together, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he. I want everyone to go to Acts chapter 2. Nathan Morris is going to be here Saturday night at 6 o'clock. You don't need to miss this service. He's going to be here Sunday morning at 10.30 and Sunday night at 6 o'clock. You need to get your friends and family, loved ones here that need miracles in their life. Whatever you need to do, get them in those services. Amen. Lydia is going to be here helping to lead worship. Amen. But in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost. This is the man that had denied the Lord. He, he had denied the Lord in one of the most crucial moments uh, of, of his own life and a crucial moment in the, uh, the time of, of Jesus' passion. And now full of the Holy Ghost after the day of Pentecost, he stands up and says, repent. Peter preaches a message of repentance. This world needs to hear the message of repentance. She made an important statement on that video. She said, I got my hope aligned. You can have hope, but it may be in the wrong place and it may be in the wrong source and it may be in the wrong person, amen? The devil wants to misalign your hope and wants to cause you to lose hope in where God wants to bring your blessing and bring your miracle, amen? And she said, I got my hope realigned. And God's trying to restore hope and he's trying to restore the, lo the lordship of Jesus. And Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and he says, repent. And he says, be baptized. That is still a message the generation that we're living in needs to hear. Everyone say amen. amen. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. We've got to be a church that preaches the name of Jesus. Same pastor said, I don't, want to, I don't want to offend people with the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, the name Jesus is going to offend some people. But we've still got to declare the name of Jesus. That man in Acts chapter, four, or chapter 3 was only healed in and through the name Jesus. These people that are being saved in Acts chapter 2, they're only saved by belief in the name of Jesus. Your miracle is only going to come in and through the name of Jesus. We cannot be so culturally sensitive that we throw out the name Jesus. We quit preaching the blood. We quit preaching the cross. We quit trying to, uh, we're, we're trying to coddle people and make people feel all warm and, and, and just a part of. What they need to hear is thus saith the Lord. They need to hear the word of God being preached. They need to hear about the blood of Jesus. They need to hear about an old rugged cross. They need to hear that no other name given among men under heaven whereby we can be saved. But the name Jesus. He said repent. He told a cultural generation. He told Jews who were lived from every nation. He said you need to acknowledge the name Jesus. He said repent and be baptized. We're going to have water baptism tonight at 6. And if you've recently come to Christ, you need to follow the Lord in water baptism. In the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. You know, it is not being a hate monger to tell people they need to turn to Jesus. It is not being a hate monger to tell people they need to ask Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins. 
It is not being a hate monger to, to clearly define that the word of God says men need to leave their sinful past behind for God so loves a world. It's the love of God being shed. It's the love of God being declared. When you tell a man that he needs to get the sin out of his life so that he can have the blessings of God upon his life. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We're loving a world when we do what our Father did. And He showed His love through His Son, Jesus. And Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and he says, Repent, every one of you. Steve Hill died a few, two months ago. And February, a year ago, he stood in this pulpit. And he reminded us, you have to preach heaven and you have to preach hell. But you have to do it with tears in your eyes and love in your heart. That is the love of God, that the, God's love is so vast and so powerful. He doesn't want man to spend an eternity without his love. Amen. But look at verse 39. It says, this promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort. He wasn't beating them up. He was exhorting them. He was encouraging them. When the word of God is preached and preached with love, no matter if the word of God is about eternal damnation, you know, Jesus preached about heaven. He preached about hell. He preached about money. People say, I don't like to hear about money. Do you know that Jesus preached about money more than any other subject he addressed? Any other subject. He began to exhort them with the repentance message, telling them to turn from their sins. He was encouraging them. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day there were about, added unto them about 3,000 souls. Peter gets up and preaches a message of repentance with the love of Christ and 3,000 people get born again. Now look at Acts chapter four, verse four. His second sermon he gets up and he preaches. And the Bible says 5,000 men became followers of Christ. That it, it is estimated there were somewhere around 20,000 people. Because in the, in the second passage, the second illustration, it is only identified 5,000 men gave their life to Christ. Not counting the women and children. Those of us that went to Israel back in October, we stood on the very porch area where Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and following, and where 3,000 souls, it was one of the most moving experiences to stand in that location where the wind of God's Spirit touched so many people that were there that 3,000 people got saved and gave their life to Christ. Can the wind of God still do that and accomplish that today? God says in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And one of, the, one of the things that we're seeing in these last days is a mighty move of God to draw in the whosoevers. Whosoever shall believe. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is a whosoever gospel. Amen. And aren't you thankful that whosoever included all of us? But whosoever means it's a generational gospel. It means that children can come to Jesus. It means that young people can come to Jesus. It means that moms and dads, seniors can come to Jesus. 
All we have to do is respond as Peter preached the gospel and men gave their life to Christ. Sir, if you don't know Jesus today, if you're watching by television or by live stream, Jesus by the Holy Ghost is calling you. You're a whosoever. You're a part of this generation that needs to turn to Christ in this life and be saved from your sin. Be saved from your rebellion. Turn to Jesus before it's too late. 3,000 people, 5,000 people because it's a whosoever gospel. Heaven is made up of people of all walks of life, of all age group, of all demographics. And that's what the whosoever gospel is all about. Whosoever is not going to be my two on this pew, you four and no more. That mentality is not a whosoever gospel. Where you find churches that are dead and, and declining and churches that are, that are going out of business. I, I read this week about several more churches closing their doors. I don't believe that where the Holy Ghost is, is, is moving and the Holy Ghost is in complete control, you're going to have a dead and drying up church. You're going to have people that are on fire being touched by the fire of God and they're going to have a passion for souls. A passion for souls. That's point number one. Point number two, we've got to have a passion for the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that he was going away and that he would send the Holy Spirit. And there, he commands them in Acts 1 verse 4 to wait for the promise of the Father. There comes a time that the church realizes that we need more than our own abilities our own capabilities, our own gifting. Sir, you can accomplish so much in life because you've been given gifts and you've been given talents. And there's a certain level you will reach with that ability that God vested in you. But there is a whole nother level that you will reach with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He realized that the believers, the disciples, could not carry on world evangelism without the help and the aid of the Holy Spirit. And I want to say it this way, the complete control and leadership of the Holy Ghost. There comes a time in, in being the church that, friends, we must give vent to the Holy Ghost. And we must obey God rather than man. We must obey the Holy Spirit and be led by the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. He gave us great indication in the Scriptures how important it is to be led by the Spirit. And if you will find a Spirit-led church today, you will find a church that is passionate about souls, passionate about the work of the Spirit, being prevailing in the services uh, to cause the church to be anointed to do ministry. Jesus said in John 14, 12, He said, greater things then these shall you do because I go to my Father. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was going to be sent back in baptismal power and anointing that would qualify the church. You had rugged fishermen. You had a doctor. You, you had people, capable people. But friends, who is capable to, capable to change a culture? Who is capable to change a society? Only people anointed by the Holy Ghost. Who can convince a person that's in one of the other religions of the world that Christianity is correct? Because you can argue with a person that's lost and you can argue with a person that's steeped in another religion until you're blue in the face and never convince them. It takes the help of the Holy Ghost. Now you're going to hear a man tonight show you. It's a powerful, powerful teaching and preaching tonight how the other religions compare to Christianity and how you become effective in talking to a person that's 
in one of the other re major religions of the world. That's, it's going to be powerful tonight, and you do not need to miss it because God wants to anoint the church. There's a lot of people that are lost in this world that do not know Christ, and they're steeped in other religions. And do you know that God loves them and wants them to come out of that spiritual darkness? And he has to empower the church and he has to enlighten the church. He has to equip the church so that the church by the power of the Holy Ghost becomes effective. It says in chapter one, verse eight, look at it. We'll close with this. Ye shall receive power. That word in the Greek is dunamis. It literally means it is an explosive power. Like you would light a stick of dynamite and it explodes. And it is a reproducing power. Jesus is saying, you're going to reproduce my works to your generation. Peter says, this is an untoward generation I'm preaching to. If there's ever been a generation alive on the face of this planet that is an untoward generation, a generation that wants not the things of God and, and has embraced things uh, errant to the scriptures, it's the generation. I'm here to declare, friends, this generation can be reached I want everyone to stand. I want our worship team to come back. Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. John baptized with water, but he said, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. The Holy Spirit is sent as the paraclete. And that Greek word means as your helper. Sir, in your business, you will accomplish so much. Because God gifted you and God abled you. But to go to the next level, you're going to have to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. To get the miracles of God in your life and the favor of God and the blessings of God, God has sent the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, we have the gifts of the Spirit that are to operate in the church. Somebody say amen. amen. I believe there are mir miracles of healing that God is waiting to release, just like what we saw in the video. Brother Nathan Morris has a gifting that God has touched his life. It's just like my dad has had a gifting all through these years to pray for couples who could not have children. And so many couples, many, many, many couples have reported that God allowed them, enabled them to have children after doctor's reports and medical reports said they couldn't, but the prayer of faith was offered. He's even had families, one hand went back up in the back right there, but there's many that can attest to that. We've had families come back and say, Pastor, please reverse your prayer now. Amen, we've had enough. We've had four. <laughs> Amen. Some of you don't want him to pray over you. Amen. Because we've had some older families that weren't planning on it. Amen. Surprise. God is a God of miracles. The church has bought into a culture that we want to coddle people and, and we want to just make people feel comfortable. And, and this whole thing that I listened to this week that was, was coming, being stated in this city that, well, we want to make people feel comfortable. I want people to.